welcome back to the League Podcast. They were joined by Commissioner McFarlane, two-time League champ. Talk about the origins of the League today, some innovations we've introduced over the years, Brandon's thoughts on his team so far, and what's piquing his attention in the NFL. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome. Oh man, thank you. Happy to be here. And I love I love the new intro. Dude, thank you. Just uh, just something I uh, cooked up between last time and this time. Wanted to spice things up. Nice. So we'll uh, we'll dive right in, man. You uh, you are the originator of all of this. You were there when it began. Tell us tell us the story we don't know. What happened at the beginning? Yeah, I I was thinking back to it because I think seventh grade. You know, a big part of it was just trying to rally other seventh graders to join a fantasy football league, but. Where the idea even started was actually my uncle. Um, he would play fantasy football. But this was like, maybe not before the internet, but kind of close to that-ish. Yeah. So so what they would do was just hand do the score. So he'd be over on Sunday, and like he'd have his little notepad of his like seven players. Like They definitely had small rosters. Nobody was trying to calculate a million different things you know they had some small amount of money on it and he's he's like doing the math of like uh oh, who's this guy or this guy making moves was very expensive because this was all paper-based like somebody was running it so like if you were trading or making a waiver wire move but anyways I, he would just talk to me and matt about like what we thought he should do because i'm sure you know <laughs> we're, we're not good now i'm sure we were worse then but uh <laughs> but but I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was really cool. It was fun. He'd like watch games and care about games that I thought like, why is anyone caring about, you know, watching football when it'd be like, you know, Raiders Chargers or something. And you're like, I, all I know is, is being a DC fan. Um, so I think maybe my brother was in a league before I created this one on Yahoo. Um, but I just like, you know, it's like, I, I kind of want to try this out. So let's like make a league. Oh, anyone can make a league. This is cool. You know, power of the internet, all that. Yeah, and and I don't recall joining until I think eighth grade because I, I, mm-hmm. I remember like you know it's funny these timestamps that you think back on. <clears throat> I remember like Tim Biakabatuka, the Panthers <laughs> running back, like was my guy, and we were hanging yeah. out in, in Peter Stewart's basement watching a game, and like I was kind of into it. But I was like why am I rooting for this guy? Like, I don't know. I have, I have no interests here, but like, I don't know. I'm in a league with my buddies. Yeah. I get, you get hooked really quick. I mean, seventh grade, I wonder one of the early parts of the league was the random number of teams we would have. I feel like we had 14 teams one year. We had probably eight, maybe the first year. I don't think the first year was particularly a lot of people playing. Do you recall Um, uh, original members? Or, or who no, the original and, numbers you recall? And we can't even go back to like pull it. I don't think. I don't know that. Do we even credit any championship before? I think Scott was the eighth grade year, but I mean, it's it's very hazy. The, the like early stuff. Eighth grade is when I remember it kind of taking off, though. Like being in like homeroom class and people talking about trades and Anthony trying to trade you the entire Houston Texans offense yes, yes. for like, for, for like Kurt Warner Carr, who at the time. Jabari Gaffney. Yes. He's a man. He was like, you can have them all. It's like, I'm telling you, I don't want them. I don't want any of them, let alone all of them. Yeah. But that's definitely when I feel like it, I don't know, it, it got its, uh, 
got its traction. So it's funny as, as you were describing your um, your uncle's, you know, the the scorekeeping. I got this very distinct memory of uh, it wouldn't have been freshman year, so maybe sophomore. Yeah, sometime when we were at Delhi Now, I just remember like us all gathering on maybe Monday morning. We we're just like trying to figure out the scores because yes. it didn't update. Right, didn't update automatically. There was no stat tracker. There was no, yeah, it'd be like a day behind. So yeah, Monday, you'd always be like, I think I won. <laughs> yeah. Nails, man. That's wild. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so in terms of league innovations, I mean, it's it's changed, right? And you pointed to some mm-hmm. of it, um, different number of teams, bigger rosters. Um, when you think of innovations that we've done within the league or what I like to call league delights, you know, things that we do, around the league to celebrate it um, over the years. What stands out to you as, as changes that we've had over the years? Oh, man. I mean, I think there's always, we can talk about all the scoring changes. I do think the things we've added on, like going to, well, we, our first live draft we did was like, that was a, a hallmark moment. And then our, you know, adaptation to realizing all 10 of us aren't going to be in the same place and doing it over video call and putting up stickies is kind of a nightmare. So we'll do it online, but we'll also have in person. Um, so like the draft itself, I feel like was an area that brought, I don't know, an entirely new element to like, oh, I have a holiday every year where I'm going to go and like just talk about fantasy football, hang out with my friends. Like it's been, been great. Um, the scoring side's been interesting. I think I remember when defenses were unbelievable, like they yeah. could score 40 yeah. points. Yeah. And, I almost kind of miss it, to be honest. Like, I think one thing, I mean, the, the initial scoring was created by a seventh grader who was trying to give himself an edge. <laughs> so, you don't say. So, so, <laughs> very, very arcane. Didn't make a lot of sense. Good luck figuring out, like, the optimal way to, like, set up your team. Um, and then it's sort of evolved since then, I feel like, to us all kind of buying into, like, it should somewhat reflect how you would want to have an actual NFL team. Like, we want talent. We want people who are, like, better at the position than other people to be rewarded. Um, and we've had, like, oh, you know, if you hit 100 points, you get a little bonus. I think that's fun to watch. Um, but I honestly kind of miss the insane defenses. I, I kind of want to go back to it. Like, why why should it be irrational to draft a defense in the third round? Maybe that should be fine. Right. You know, I don't right. know. Yeah. We, you know, we, we talk all the time about how quarterbacks matter in real life and quarterbacks matter in our league. Defenses matter in real life. Like we could, we really could revisit do. that. It's a big That's deal. A change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you worry a little about the randomness, but um, yeah. But I like that. You know, we'll change stuff. We've always changed stuff. I feel like, especially early on, our scoring system seemed a little ridiculous. I think if you talk to somebody who played fantasy football, like in college, let's say you get to college, people who play the standard scoring at the time were doing two QB, half PPR, like all sorts of random stuff. We're not. We're drafting QBs in the first round. If you shared your draft with somebody else, they'd be yeah. like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. It's like this is terrible. But I don't know. It it works. I like it. I like that it's not it's not solved. Well, and, and one of the things Steve and I talked about last week is that now more and more leagues are actually going in that direction. The the two QB mm-hmm. or the super flex. Um, and I like that. Again, I maybe it's because we've always had it or, or have had it for a really long time, but. I'm just more inclined toward that, but I'm like, it makes, first of all, it, you know, it represents the the value and it just like makes draft day fun. 
Yeah, it's absolutely more fun. Like having a having a say or like a stake. Like right now, I like I care deeply about how well Trevor Lawrence is doing. Which, by the way, I watched that whole game on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know, man. The accuracy oh, was funny. concerning. I don't know if you watched the Commanders game, but well, I, I did. Like, you watched it with uh, Nico uh, Darian. We, we were sending you well wishes all throughout, man. Didn't, uh, yeah. didn't get a chance to tell everyone how Trevor was a straight A student in high school, but uh, <laughs> he was I was thinking about you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's just you know it's like. Why leave 20 QBs on the bench every week? Like, it's, I don't know. Like, why not include them? It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. To, like, I mean, you know, you, you run into, like, well, a bunch of bye weeks. Maybe it's hard to find a QB. And I guess that's probably why Superflex is popular. Um, I think we've even discussed Superflex, potentially. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's a, The big rosters, I mean, I think it goes back to when it was created. It was like, let's we just kind of want more. Let's have more of kind of everything. <laughs> and that's, that's kind and, of the direction. Of and I love, and I think it's a direct re- result of having big rosters. How like pretty much everyone leaves the draft feeling competitive. They're like, you know, yeah. like it's big enough that you've got super, everyone's got a superstar somewhere on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone probably feels a little shaky in some area, but overall, uh, and, and actually this is, I hadn't had it on my list, but, you know, we did power rankings for the first time this year. Yeah. So you, you, you introduced, um, yeah, yeah. what was interesting to you about that, about the results, about the process? Um, I think that in looking at all the teams, you could see a way they could all win, which I mean, it was hard to be, you know, I, I did strong weak teams partially just to be like, I want to have something to talk about and have an opinion on, on some of these oh, people, yes. but even... I think Luke's team was was one of the ones that got more weaker ratings, but he's got like CMC. Does he even have Saquon too? Yeah, I mean, he has like a cool. bunch of yeah, Jamar up. Chase. Maybe he's got a lot of talent. Uh, his QBs are terrible, so that's his problem. I think if I remember right. Yeah, uh, but yep. like Tua you know, and uh, Trey Lance. And Tua was kind of okay on Sunday. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was, I was like, like oh, he's got a, yeah, he's got a lot of targets. And Trey Lance, it was like a monsoon or something. I think in that game. So it was kind of like, you know, maybe maybe Trey still still got it. It was just raining a lot. Who knows? Um, but it was, I don't know, it was fun to see, like, there's a lot of parody in the league. The comments were hilarious. That was fun as well to see, like, where people's opinions were. Um, I mean, nobody thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire would be any good. And now I'm like, maybe maybe this isn't a year. Yeah, that was, uh, that was last week. That was like Steve-O's, like, regret pick. Um, and then he like goes ahead and scores two touchdowns. It like just goes to show you, no one knows actually what they're talking about. You never know. Yeah. Um, let's um, let's get your thoughts on your team so far. So we're one week into this. Plenty of uh, plenty of season still to go. Uh, last week you, you you took your lumps, got the L to Stevo, but taking a oh, step yeah. back from that, um, what? You know, where's where does it look promising for your team? Oh, where does it look promising? Uh man, I'm a little down on my team right now, obviously. Um, Josh Allen seems like he's going to deliver kind of as anticipated. I think that was an interesting situation with him not being the first QB off the board. Um, and then I, the QB run at the very start of the draft too. I don't. I think that you know we have QBs in the first round, usually like the top three or something go. 
Um, but to see, I think, five go in the first six picks or something crazy like that, it made me very happy to get Allen out of that. Um, I think Steve's pick of, of Herbert is a good pick. Herbert. I, I, how can I not pronounce that guy's name? Um, but because, uh, you know, we're a league that rewards passing QBs in particular. I mean, the rushing element of Josh Allen is nice, and I think I would have taken him one overall. Um, but I definitely, you know, Chargers, great offense. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm happy about Josh Allen. I mean, having one of those QBs that's incredibly reliable yeah. to score 25, 30, 35. Yeah. It's just, and it like, doesn't it surprise you when someone like him scores 40 points. Yeah, or 50. You know, it makes up for a lot of sins that might be helping, happening elsewhere. I'm very happy with Devontae. I mean, yeah. he got the share that you were hoping for if you drafted him. I also got him. percent He had a 46% yeah. share last week. Ridiculous. Not He's sustainable, but like definitely what you want to see. I mean, I, I think he has more weapons with him. I think he has a worse QB. Although Rodgers looked terrible on Sunday, in my opinion. I watched a little bit of that. It was just like, what is going on there? He like wasn't throwing to wide receivers again, just running backs. And anyways, but um, so wide receiver, I'm feeling okay with Adams. I think Cooks is somebody that's like totally off the radar in our league, but is pretty reliable dude. If Keenan Allen hadn't gotten hurt, I think I'd be way more optimistic about my wide receivers. I'm a little worried about the hamstring injury on a wide receiver. But um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh Robert so Woods can, not optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't so good. But and like so many people, and Woods was one of them where I looked at him and I was like trying to get him around I I wasn't gonna reach for him, but I tried to get him around the point that he went. And um I gotta say, like it's nice when you like Try to target someone. They go to somewhere, someone else. You know, oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that um that ties in nicely to um sort of the, the other side of the coin. Not promise, but panic. Like where where like if we're gonna just exaggerate a little bit, where where might it be a little time to panic for your team? Oh, it's definitely the running back situation I've got going on. So Kamara, Kamara. I'll be honest. There's a point in every draft, and it's almost always the second round where I think I know who I'm going to get, and then that person gets taken right before. And then somehow, like, I've, I, like, I have a list of four people, and it's, like, the turn of the draft. There's maybe eight picks until I'm going to pick. And, like, they're sort of slowly going away. But, I, like, there's three left, and there's three picks to go. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get one of them. And then I get none of them. And then it's like, oh, what do I do? And that is how I got Kamara. I mean, it's just like, yeah, he was your, oh, actually... I have a little backstory on my draft strategy this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went with an approach very value focused, and I actually purchased research, Zach, for the very first time. Kind of like, I mean, Steve buys the magazine, right? Sure. That's maybe that's the secret. So what, what was your what was your so, uh, avenue this year? It was like a small small website, kind of promoted through Reddit a bit, um, and their fantasy football subreddit. Uh, but they have something called beer sheets. Um, where they like, if you put in your scoring system, it'll give you kind of expert consensus on where these people are going to land, projected points, kind of their value add over the average person. So my thought was, you know, clearly I'm not that good at fantasy football based on records. So I'm just going to follow this thing to the T. And if you look at who I ended up with, particularly in the early rounds, I got a lot of like value. I got a lot of people who fell, but then... I got the Camaros and the Elliots and like people, people were avoiding for a reason, you know? So it's like, eh, we'll see. We'll see. So you're saying you got swindled. Well, I don't know. I mean, Devante, I mean, I probably would have picked him anyways because I like the guy, but he was like glowing on the sheet when it got to my pick. I'm like, this is clearly like, I got to get this guy. 
Um, so yeah, but the running back situation, it's like I used a second and fourth round pick and I have like not good running backs at all. So it's kind of like, why did I do that? I could have had other stuff. Um, but you know, I, it's like you can scrape a team out of, out of, out of trouble with free agency. So. And I do think that that running back is the position that you can most do that with. And I'm sort of in a, in a similar position. I like I feel I feel like I have good running backs, but I feel like I probably spent too high of picks on them. So my first two rounds, I picked uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and Derek Henry. I just like wanted to yeah. share that fun. I mean, blue chip, you know, it's like those are yeah. And then when I looked at all these. Like, you know, ace receivers blow up in week one. I was like, God damn, like, that's just not going to be my year. Like, I might have, like, you know, yeah. uh, a Rashad Bateman or a Gabriel Davis. Like, they'll score some touchdowns here or there, but, like, I'm never going to get the, you know, 10-catch, 150-yard guy. And I'm like, damn it, like, should I? Especially given how replaceable uh, those running backs are. I mean, it is amazing also just hearing myself talk out loud right now. It's like, after week one, you're like, well, fuck, it's, I'm doomed. Like, this is over. Like, yeah. it's amazing how, how much, like, my, my yeah. level of overall hope swings during the oh, fantasy season. It's so rapid. It's like next week you could put up 200 and you'd just be like, my team, all amazing. Just, like, nothing wrong here. Um, yeah. It's the, the wide receivers, they came in. I feel like every top wide receiver kind of really went off week one well lamb didn't but the cowboys are like really in a situation bubble i almost wish i cared more about the commanders these days so i could savor what's happening to the cowboys i don't really give a shit uh about the team so i i I give less shits about uh the cowboys tanking but it's like this is still pretty exciting news that that the cowboys like it's a little bit of they are who we thought they were like one guy goes down and their season might just crumble yeah I think it's also, there's been enough of the, if you ever watch Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, and just like, just the amount of like, oh, how much NBC loves the Cowboys. (laughs) It's just like, you don't even have to be an NBC East fan to be like, this is a bit much. It's like, is this really the franchise we care that much about? They build a stadium where the stupid punts hit the ceiling. Right. You got to reset it. Like, I don't know. They don't win in the playoffs. They're just always deeply flawed. You always hear way too much about them. It'd be like an East Coast bias thing, but they're not even, you know. They're some, like um, they're so incredibly successful at being a media machine. They are the yeah. highest valued franchise in the NFL. Maybe North America, I don't remember, but like definitely in the NFL. I think they came in at like seven or eight billion dollars, just like stupid amounts of money. It's like you don't even have to be good. Like that's like that's the magic of Jera. Like he just knows what he's doing in terms of like. <laughs> media deals and corporate partnerships and just like making people care and think that this team would be good. They're, they're just like not that good. And somehow like I've grown to not hate his over-involvement like I dislike Snyder's because I was reading the article about like Dak, Dak Prescott's injury updates and it's like five quotes from Jerry Jones. And it's like, well, I don't know. He's clearly deeply involved. I mean, and he always has been whatever, he's, at least yes. not pretending. You know, that's the thing is that like for years and like still probably like like it was just so obvious Snyder was, you know, pulling pulling the strings behind the curtains and just like having these pawns up front. I actually like 
despite generally like not caring for the Cowboys, kind of like Jerry, he's sort of grown on me in, in recent years, which I, I surprised myself, I think, with that. I'm sure he's a, a deeply bad man, but deeply. Know, really there. <laughs> All that. But, you know, I don't know. It's like he's a known quality, and that's more than you can say for a lot of the, the owners out there. So. So we're, we're talking about the Commanders. I know I was just chatting with Steve uh, while we were watching the games the other week, and um, he's like, you know what? I think I might be in on the Lions this year. Like, just like he's, he's been watching Hard Knocks at home. Hard I think Knocks. <laughs> I got to watch it. I haven't watched it. I actually haven't either. This one looks incredibly entertaining just because I'm, I'm so in on um, Dan Campbell just like as a personality, as a guy who can like pump his dudes up. Um, but I think as a result of that, Steve's like, you know what? It looked pretty fun. Like I, he he drafted heavy into them. Um, anyways, this is you know it looks like this is the this is the year he's he's going to jump ship. Curious about where you stand. Do you have a team? How how closely do you identify with the Commanders? If not, where else are you looking? Oh, I definitely I was like actively rooting against the Commanders on Sunday. Like I don't want it to work out for them. I don't. I yes. just like I don't want to. I mean, uh, I hope that if they make the playoffs. I wouldn't bandwagon, I guess. I, so here's the thing is, like, I love when the city is behind a team and everybody, like, I love when people get on the bandwagon, like, oh, the Caps won the cup. And, like, you don't have to be a hockey fan. Just, like, come root for yeah. it. Like, that's awesome. I love that. I love that about sports. And, like, I love that that would happen if the commanders were good. But the problem is just, like, Snyder and what the franchise has been doing forever. Like, I don't. I just want him gone so badly. And I'd, I'd rather, I think it was a quote in the, you know, why your team sucks, but it was like, I'd rather the team lose Snyder than win a Super Bowl with Snyder. And that's, yeah. that's where I'm at, man. I mean, yeah. it's been forever with them. So I'm not, there's no, no love there anymore. There's love for the city and the fans yeah. in the city, but not, not for the franchise. Yeah. I think when you get to the point of actively rooting against a team, like that just says something about the owner, about the franchise. It's like, I, you know, I went through that stage where I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm super committed to them. Like they need me right as a fan. Like they need me. I've got to root for them. And I was like, they're not really good. Like they're making it really hard. And I was like, you know, I got to that, like, fuck that, fuck this team. And then I disengaged. Disengagement, I feel is almost like, when you come back and start actively rooting against a team, that's when you really alienated people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I was surprised. I was watching Sunday and I was just like, I think, I, you know, Finn had gone down for a nap. Amy was, I think, had to do some work. We all had colds. So I was just chilling watching the game by myself. And it was just like realizing, oh, like, I'm actively rooting against Carson Wentz. And I'm not playing against him. Like, I just don't like him. <laughs> I just don't like this, like... When he threw that pick that was terrible right after they went down, I was like, yes, this is great. This is yeah. what I want to see. Those moments um, so, will always yeah. happen. Yeah, I realize I've been a bit of a, a hater on them. But, I mean, move the allegiance. You know, I tried to follow the Ravens closer, have loved going to the stadium. So I may – I don't know that I would say it's, like, the same as rooting for your home team quite. Um, but I don't know. Love that franchise right now. Yeah, right on. Uh, let's uh, Let's switch over to – Real football, um, what is one compelling storyline for you right now on the field or off the field in the NFL? I feel like we kind of stole it already because I was going to talk about, is Carson Wentz like good? Um, but I do have another one, which is a little fantasy related, but still Bring interesting. It on. Yeah, like, they overlap. Bring it on. 
Jameis Winston, man. What is going to happen there? <laughs> As a Jameis Winston owner, he threw for about 50 yards and did nothing. And then threw for like 200 yards in the fourth quarter. Amazing. Two touchdowns. And I feel like this went totally under the radar if somebody had a performance like that. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like if if Brady had done that, I think we would have heard a lot about like, wow, like he really pulled it out there after a rough start or something. Yeah. It's like, I just don't know what to expect from that guy. And I find it, I find him like a fascinating individual. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he, you know, gained that notoriety from being the only person in the 30-30 club a few years ago, right? 30 touchdowns, yeah. 30 interceptions, like, which is still incredible to think about because at that point, you're so much more likely to just lose your job if you keep on throwing that many picks. But he was really their only option. They kept him in there. And I feel like he hasn't been able to shake that reputation. And it's been, I think, like four years. And he seems like a different guy. What, what, are, you, what are you seeing that's different yeah. or feels different from him? Um, you know, he was talking about, I, I read some of the, the postgame stuff. He was talking about, like, he threw a bad pass. He was like, Michael Thomas looked at me, and I was like, I got to step up for my teammates or something. I don't know. It just sort of didn't fit. It felt a little more like, oh, this is probably exactly what happened to him, right? He was like, the game's not going that well. I just missed my guy on my slant and come back and realize, like, all right, it's time to lock it in. And then he, like, did. He had the great performance to win that game for them. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I think it's curious. I'm just, like, I'm very bullish on him at the moment of, like, What's he going to do this year? Is he yeah. going to keep that going? But also next week he could be, A, he's playing Tampa next week. So I'm like terrified to start him against that defense because yeah. of, you know, great defense. And he's got to play him again. They actually have a very hard schedule, I think, um, to pass against. But on the other hand, he's got weapons. He's got a lot of receivers. He's got a lot sure. of running backs. Like he could have a great year. I just, I don't know. It could go anywhere with him. Like the floor and the ceiling are everywhere. So, yeah. You know, last year, um, so he's been on the Saints, I think this is his third year. His first year, they brought him in as a backup to Drew Brees. Um, mm. Last year, I guess this was, yeah, after Drew Brees had retired, like he got the job outright. People were talking about the impact that um, Sean, what was it, Sean Payton had on him as a coach or, or the potential impact. And I don't think people, again, this goes to that point of like, the reputation he had isn't necessarily the guy he is. And I don't think people have given him enough credit for like being a good student, good student of the game, being receptive to feedback. He actually played really conservatively last year. I, I do think that was a function of play calling, right? But he, he had like a really good uh, touchdown to interception ratio and he seemed committed. Like, and he seems like generally good dude. I know he has some like funky stuff in his, you know, in his, in his background, but like, Kind of seems like a, like a big happy kid playing football. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he's he's kept some of those habits. Like he, he's retained what he learned, and I think this is his opportunity to show that off without Sean Payton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I hope so. Obviously, as an owner, but also as like a, I don't know. I've always. I think it's one of the nice things about two QB leagues. You grow these attachments to random like bottom bottom ten QBs of the league. And you're like, well, that one I buy into. Um, and it feels great when it works out for him. You're like, oh, that's my dude. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Let's, uh, we're we're going to wind down here. So you're playing Raft this week. 
You're favored by eight. Um, give me one bold prediction for uh, for your team. Could be could be the team as a whole. Could be individual players. One bold prediction for this upcoming week. What you got? Ooh. Well, I'm starting MBS uh, for KC. He's playing Thursday, so we'll know very soon if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna get 100 yards. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna see targets. I think that game's gonna be a shootout. Or wait, no, it's against Denver. That's my defense. I thought they were playing the Chargers. They were playing the Chargers. Oh, okay. I'm reading my thing wrong. Okay, they're playing the Chargers. Perfect. Brendan, this does not bode well for your uh, management skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at I was looking at my roster, and right about that is Brandon Cooks, who's playing Denver. Um, but yeah, I I think MPS. I thought there were some promising signs on Sunday. They have tons of targets out there yeah. in KC, but I'll say 100 yards for him. Dude. I think he's going to show up. I like it. I like it. Uh, you getting the W? You going to eat a W this week? Oh, man. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan versus Trevor Lawrence, I think, will decide it. They're going head-to-head Sunday at Ooh. 1 o'clock. Must watch football. I like <laughs> so. it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I like I liked Penny, too. I'm a little more optimistic about that. I mean, Kamara may be injured. That's a problem. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be a good matchup. I think the eight-point favorite is too much. I think it's like, you know, it's a coin flip this game, probably. So. Right on. Mr. McFarlane, good luck to you. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Zach. This, this was a blast.